This is In Between Stations Radio. One of the things uh, I like to set as a baseline uh, with In Between Stations radio broadcast is I try to just have free-form thought a lot of times and not pre-plan things so much and look up at this fact and so or look up how it happened I mean I, I have a general idea sometimes very specific um, but I like the sort of free-form uh, thought as it comes up I just you know make the episode edit it you know taking very little out and then just play it so you can get a feel for it because you know we live in a world uh, especially professionally where everything is very contrived very set up our narratives our stories and you know that's good because we can watch I mean you don't want to see a snowball fight for five hours long you want to edit it with music and, and get all the good parts so I understand editing but sometimes I think we're living in a world now where it's so set up and so misconstrued that um, it can really uh it can really uh, be bothersome, you know, and we get this all the time. So, I mean, one of my thi- one of the things here is I just like to, if I was just like sitting in the living room with you, we had a conversation. And so I don't pull books out and stop. And, uh, you know, I like the things to be pretty, pretty accurate, but sometimes they'll go off a little bit. And, and you'll notice that. So, but that, that's to keep this kind of uh, living dynamic to the conversation. So just so you know it's not set up, a lot of times that I'm just going out and then maybe I might look back and say oh well you should have changed this date or this little part in the book or movie was off a bit um, and I and I do sometimes go back and change that um, so it sounds and looks a little bit better but really I just try to keep it raw I mean keep it uh, at like if you're in the living room with me and I have friends and they know know this then it, that's that's how it uh, that's how I like it to be and, and then not too long I, I, things have got a little bit longer, and so I like to really, inter, I like to really um, stir up your mind uh, and give you something to think about. And so, I mean, it's nice to have different ideas. And so this isn't always just this is how it is, and this is how it's going to be. But throwing it out and, and letting you think about it. And um, and I think there's some fundamental truths in there, and sometimes it gets a little off. But anyway, that's that's kind of where this is going today. And I, I'd like to just present it as it as it was. I mean, it's um, 30 minutes of of something I think you might find fairly interesting. Okay. There's a quote by the German slash Swiss author Hermann Hesse, who's I think often remembered for Steppenwolf, which is really only a part of his adventures into the mystical and historical realms of of Europe. He traveled a lot. He read a lot. He went through two horrible wars and he stuck to his premise of trying to have world peace. But he was a very uh, intellectual, a, a great mind towards the mystical and trying to combine both the East and West modes of thought 
Anyway, he made this quote. I'm, I'm going to be off a little bit here, but I'm just going to try to like summarize it. That when you go to a, a strange and exotic place and you spend time there and you immerse yourself in the culture, which often is substantially different than your own, you have this experience that counters a lot of the ideas that you grew up with, you know, in his realm, Catholicism, Christianity, um, these conflicts of economy and world governments that came crashing together in this horrible, catastrophic event called World War I that was sadly dumped on Germany and blamed on them and actually the world forced them to pay off the debt of World War I which threw Germany itself into a great depression and it had lost a million of its young men in this horrible war. I mean millions of people died in that awful war. There was nothing resolved and, and in, in the midst of that uh, uh, a wounded soldier with um, probably post-traumatic stress disorder who was initially a fairly kind person was an artist that felt like he had to be an architect that fell short on his great love of paint paintings most of them have been lost I've seen some of those exhibited without knowing the name and I was shocked later on I mean beautiful romantic paintings even ones of Mary with Jesus I was shocked to read later was Adolf Hitler and if you've been in a war I, I, I really think from studying his life he was completely ripped apart mentally and physically and he came home to this you know and I'm generalizing here he came home to this incredible uh, depression uh, economic depression that was just madness and, and there was these extremes in the country that wanted to know why, what's going on here? Why don't we have any money? Why isn't our government working? Why aren't people getting along? And so Hitler just went extreme. He went off the deep end. And, and I think often we don't want to look at that, even with figures of Stalin. Um, he had an incredibly sad life where he probably had a schizophrenic crack up after the death of his wife. All these things going on, we love to generalize and say, no, he was a monster from the very start. That's just not true. So, you see all these conflicts taking place in the Western world, and, and you know, at this time period when, when, when Hermann Hesse started writing, he's like, what, you know, and, and he had other friends that were great, some that won the Nobel uh, Award in Literature, uh, Thomas Mann, other people like this were saying, what, what the hell is going on here? None of this is working out. And you know, we weren't, after World War I, you're not that far away from World War II. And really, World War II was caused by World War I, was caused by this incredible catastrophic event that happened to the German soldiers, the German nation, that was made to bear this guilt. And uh, you know, it's just this, and so what, what has said is, when you ex go to a different culture, go to the East, when you explore these writings that might be in another language, when you set with a, a tribe or that's thousands of years old, 
or you're with a, a person that has a whole different way of thinking and it's been going on for thousands of years and you really get involved with that you know not just going on the Hawaii tour you know taking the flight over and, and then you, it never challenges your ideas of who and what you are it's just enough to enjoy yourself and then get back to your your standard of living and, and your culture so what Hess says is look you have this experience that forces you to see another viewpoint that it, 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 that's very successful and that works that's totally different than what you thought would work. So he came back and made this quote, essentially that was, when you go to one of these places, these exotic, powerful, deep cultural places, and then you come back and share that knowledge with people that you know and your family and your religion and your country, they they don't agree with you. They think you're cracked up because you're challenging these very set ideas in your family, in your, in, your, in your village, in your city, in your country. You're coming back with these with different ideas that challenge people that have traditionally lived this way. We're not going to do that. We've never done that before. We're going to continue with this. So this quote, he says, is like, you're accused of lying. You're accused of being mentally incompetent when you come back and say, this is the experience I had. And I myself have had those experiences with, with tribal realities, with different cultures that I've been to. And, and, and not just visited, but immersed myself in those cultures. And you have this experience that's profoundly different than the way you grew up. And, and I did. I mean, I used to think when I was a boy, the whole world was this way. That it was like place I grew up in and I'm, I'm gonna tell you that's not even true it doesn't matter how many of the Spanish come in and the Inquisition come into the United States how many colonial people come in and how many people they force and kill that you're gonna have this viewpoint this is how it's gonna be the the idea the culture is, is thousands of years old it lives on in spite of this this kind of shallow attempt to form a new way of life, a new religion, a new country. Um, and so, having said all that and getting off on this tangent, <laughs> I want to talk about um, an unusual dream I had. Um, and, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, we, you know, here we go. Well, yeah, here we go. One of the things that I know about myself since I've been a boy is I have a remarkable memory for dreams, deep dream content. I remember it. I write it down. I, I don't forget a lot of my dreams. And I think, I think that makes me a little different than most people because my dreams have always challenged what the pervasive idea was in my family or where I was at. And really, I never come to terms with that until I started going to other cultures and experiencing their reality. Let's see, before, um, before I, I launch myself into this uh, a dream, because it's, it's profound and I think it'll, it's going to make my point a little clearer, I want to talk a little bit about the quantum reality, in parenthesis. What does that mean? And it's... It's fairly sophisticated. I think there's eight different ways to view what quantum, you know, in parenthesis reality is. Uh, there's a multiverse, there, or there's a multi-universe. There's the, uh, the um, 
there's like we're going to observe the object but or we're going to observe what the object does but we don't know you know like they were talking the infinitely small here quantums and protons and how they behave which is not 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 really like the larger physical world that we that we live in um i mean the possibility is going insane if you try to think it is because you have this this table that your hands resting on you know like i'm talking to you right now my hands resting on my desk well when we look at that in the quantum way that's full of these these moving atoms and protons that are moving at high high accelerations of speed and the question is why how come that object's solid how come you can put your hand on it when everything is moving in there when there's space in between those little objects and so size is is everything and it's also relative because the larger it gets it just keeps going and the smaller it gets it just keeps going there's no real end to it so it depends on what reference point you're at and so there's this 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 problem of like where are these these how are these small things like atoms and protons and neutrons and even neutrinos how are they behaving what's going on here because these are ultimately the foundation of the entire physical world when you get down there and so the quantum world is very dynamic and there's a lot of things we do know about it and we absolutely don't know about it and so we have these these theories and theories are part of establishing a law you know in science theories are things that's that's been worked on and observed for a long long time and i think it was a, a david bohm the great quantum physicist that said that according to where you're at according to that that time period according to to what's going on that that law may apply New, newton's the Newtonian world is very um, linear. It's very, everything works out perfectly. You know, what you're seeing out there. You know, the sun comes up and the, and the sun sets and two plus two is four. But in the quantum world, which is the foundation of the Newtonian one, it doesn't work that way. So you have a lot of problems in there. So when, I, so when I'm using this term uh, quantum reality, it, I think I'm using it in terms of there's, it's according to the reality that you're experiencing as an individual. And that's also one of the theories in the quantum world is the threshold of your consciousness creates, creates your reality. That the experience you have, the place you're at, you know, the way you've grown up is the, is, is ultimately creating the reality that you the way you perceive the world and I think there's a bit of truth you know in that I don't remember the exact name of that theory in the quantum dynamic there's been a couple of books written on how do we what is the quantum reality and this, this is one of the ways to explain it so obviously I'm not a scientist and so I can't sit here and and tell you all the details of the quantum reality so I'm going, I'm going to personalize that in a way that I can make it understandable from, from what I know. And so I want to get away. I mean, I'm just throwing little bits and pieces of information out there. You know, it's up to you how you take it. A scientist may take it in, like I said, at least eight directions, if not more, and say this is how it is and throw out the math and, um, 
give you all that. And then somebody that's religious may mix up in that. Well, this is how it is with the consciousness of God. And you have all these abstract ideas. Instead of going off on that, um, you know, and it can get kind of complex, um, I'm just going to bring it back into my person and so generalize in my way. Because, you know, this is about this dream I had. So I'm not trying to be scientific here as, as much as just giving out this, this idea of, of a multiplicity of reality and how seeing it as one thing may not really work that well. And, uh, uh, you know, depending on how personalized it is or how uh, objective it is and, and, you know, where you're at, what time period, things are dynamic and they change constantly. I'm not saying fundamental laws of nature because they kind of remain the same. We, we can test that out. But even those can be uh, kind of warped out and changed a lot according to the circumstance. Are you dreaming? Are you unconscious? Um, is it a movie? You know, is it a book you're reading? Uh, is it a website that's not accurate or is it accurate? Things can really change a lot. And that's really what this is about, is this uh, incredible dynamic complexity of how many different directions reality can go. And there's not really one baseline. So ultimately... Um, you make one small thing you do in your reality and the place you live leads to all these other events. And if you did like this, this person I, my dreams about, I'm very close to, uh, we've always been good friends. Um, the potential for a romantic connection to each other has, has always been there, but we've never taken that step. You arrive at the dance at 12.06 and that's just before Sarah decides to leave with her friends. She's going to leave in three or four minutes. But you get there just before she she leaves. She has to go get a drink at the water fountain before she goes with her friends in the car. So she gets the drink in the water fountain. And there you are. She sees you. And you and and you, there's something there's something goes on there, and you say hi, she says hi, and then and then you say, would you like to dance? And she's like, well, I gotta go. And it's, but she feels something, so she dances, and then she doesn't go with her friends, and you spend the night dancing, and and suddenly there's this whole life takes place, where eventually you get real close, and you propose to each other, you have a family, you have kids. They go out and get married, and they have kids. So, the simple timing of an event can lead to this whole cascading reality. And sometimes we say, well, that's mere coincidence, or that was supposed to happen. And, and sometimes it can be very catastrophic. It can lead to someone getting murdered because they waited too long in a place outside. You know, and there's been some very uh, sensational, horrendous murders committed simply because the person was decided to do something out of time and place and they decided well you know i'm going to wait here outside the cafe and see you know and have a cigarette and then this this person stumbles along that's, that murders that murders you kills that person and that's the end of their life or some cat everything seems to be these very timed events so and and when you look at it there all these little things you could have done different or you didn't or you or you did do different, um, they, they extend out exponentially and create these incredible realities. That's the fractal, that's the Mandelbrot, that's the branches in the tree, that um, the possibilities. And that's what quantum looks at that. Quantum looks at these possibilities of creating 
um, at least one of the views of quantum of creating this this uh, multi-reality, multi-universe where um, you can have different outcomes. And I think often when you dream, if you remember your dreams, and I'm talking about the narrative dreams, not these sort of repetitious, uh, I gotta get my tension out, sexual, uh, we have those kind of dreams, but I'm talking about the deep narrative dreams that have significant qualities to them. Sometimes they, in my situation, go on for years. So I think the, the dream state is a sort of quantum machine that explores potentiality sometimes of what direction something could have went or, or, or gives us warnings or looks intuitively into a situation. In the story of a lot of my dreams outside of these uh, very solid realities that are very complex and have been happening since I've been a boy, makes me doubt strongly that there's one reality. Very solid narratives have lasted since I've been a boy and you know there's streets and there's people and there's families and they continue to grow and have their own time and their own cities and own maps and and I think this dream with this person that's a close friend of mine um, she it explores what potentially could have happened and maybe did happen and so um basically uh, I'm in a place, there's a beautiful river flowing, it's in, it's, it's, it's in the Midwest because I can tell by the trees uh, the, and the type of um, rock and the sky and the lack of, of mountains and, and, and the river itself, a meandering river full of uh, a lot of sediment like, you know, like, like the Mississippi or smaller rivers. It's down there in this beautiful, um, this beautiful uh, landscape. And I'm riding a bike, suddenly I I think I I become aware that I'm with this person. Let's call her Sarah because that's kind of a, (laughs) that's a variable I use in a lot of the equations with that. So, because I don't really want to give, I don't want to give away the privacy of this person in my life. So, I'm I'm just going to choose to call her Sarah. So, um, I come to in the dream and I'm I'm riding a a bicycle, even though the make of the bike and the the bike she's riding and she's she's in front of me and I'm behind her and we're riding away and I and I realize this is my wife. We and I and I can remember us getting married and and I mean one of the nice things about my dreams is I can I can wake up and I still have this profound memory of the details of that dream. And I'm here to tell you there's no difference between when I'm awake and, and in that world and the, the one in this, like this sort of dream. It's, I'm breathing every single detail's there. There's nothing lacking. It's, it's an absolute solid reality that I don't even know is different until I wake up. And like I've said before, sometimes I wonder if we're dreaming in, in this other reality, and, and that's this one. That we go to sleep and go to, and, and then this one comes up in the dream. I mean, I, I think some of my dreams are that substantial that I, I sort of, I, I believe that to some degree. And that's, that's how this dream was, was Sarah's up there, and um, I'm riding behind her, and we stop, and, and at this uh, little, uh, 
fruit stand that has all these apples and, and, and pears and has a few little uh, candy bars. It's just this beautiful little place and we're talking and there's just this, I'm like, this is my, this is my new wife and we're deeply in love with each other. I'm looking at her and I can see the details of her face and her hair and her hands. I can hear the birds, you know, and, and the person we're talking to. And I just, and, and then I, I, I can see the future we're going to be involved in. And we're probably going to have children and, and, and and here's the thing is I've, I never, I don't, I wake up and the first thing I do when I wake up into this reality, you know, the nine to five reality is I, I'm heartbroken. I mean, this, this is, where is she? She's gone. I mean, I, I she was there. And I'm like, I don't, I, I want to go back to sleep. I don't want to, I don't want to be in this reality. I don't belong here. I mean, you know, I'm sort of in between the two states, so the two different realities. And and I want to be back here. I had the, the whole life, that whole experience there. And I actually have dreams that exponentially have increased that sort of reality, where I have been going to that situation since I was 10 years old. And and the details are always the same. I mean, it's just, it's it's as real as this one. So what I think these are sometimes not only explorations of possibilities you could you could have taken or will take but they're absolute fundamental realities that exist and then in the quantum dynamic it's a little easier to explain that so of course you know once i i, I get fully conscious in in this reality you know nine to five i i i want to call my friend up you know i want to i want to i want to have coffee with her i want to look at her you know and and we, we we meet sometimes and you know um i i, I don't think we're ever going to get married not in this this situation but then i see there's something more there with her i mean i i, I love her i mean i i can say that fully i really love this person but the way our life went you know i was she wasn't there at 1207 at the dance you know she she never came to the dance and she wasn't the person i married but she could have been there could have been this whole other reality we could have had children and and this might have been what happened there's the might have been and then the thing i'm saying in the quantum dynamic is it did happen in fact there was a thousand different um options that happened between us but ultimately we love each other um, whether we're friends or even strangers, you know, even when I, I first met her, there's just this overwhelming feeling that um, she, we just knew each other. I mean, the minute we talked, there was this, there was this profound um, likeness, this profound knowing each other, but not really being able to talk about it. And so, obviously, I mean, the love was not not made over time; it was instant. So where did that come from? And I think there's all these potentialities that's always there. And I'm not, and I wonder if on some level we're exploring every, every, every potentiality, every direction that it could have went. And, that, and of course that's unlimited. So what does that mean? I don't know. This is a, you know, this is this, what the quantum consciousness, the, the, the paradigm that I'm talking about, we may be moving towards.
This is nothing new in native and indigenous realities. This has been known for thousands of years. In fact, probably when we came out of Africa, you know, 100,000 years ago, 60,000 years ago, at least according to the fossil record, um, we carried things with us. And um, each person is a profound event in DNA and genetics and all the things that all the ancestors relate to are in there in that dynamic of you and your body. There's consciousness in your cells and the way they're formed and put together. What is that? Is it really one person or is it thousands of people coming together collectively in all these multiplicity experiences? I've even entertained the idea that in, in the place that what reincarnation actually is, is activating the memories of ancestors that you're related to in your body, in your cells, in your DNA. You act, some of those memories are activated. People go, well, we can't prove that. It's like, well, it's getting closer to that. Memory is a profound thing in consciousness, and it may actually be uh, collective. Uh, we may actually genetically inherit pain and, and, and predispositions. We know we... You know, we know this through through genetics that we inherit things in, in particular ways we do things. I, I don't know. These are, you know, guesses. So the multiplicity of reality, the multiplicity of choice, the multiplicity of individual is connected to this sort of... Um, when we just stay in one place and that's all we know about the world, you know, the flat earth, then why... Why do we need to, to challenge that idea? For everybody's been living there, and that's what we perceive. And you're happy, and things move along until there's some some catastrophic event or something removes that. You're fine with it, and I think that's that's great. If you're, but you know, my thing is is when something does happen, when you go to another culture or you have a tribal experience in a ceremony, or you fall in love with somebody in that tribe and they have their culture and you have yours and they can be very conflicting and then you have children and so i think we're arriving at an age in time where we're starting to see not only in a quantum way but we're starting to see all these different ways of living and all of them are equally not all but a lot of them work out equally as well in that place in that environment in that weather system in that jungle or in that on that mesa in the desert or in that city in in new york that it, we have all these realities converging and coming together now and it's absolutely ludicrous to say that there's one reality that there's one religion that, in, in, unless you can incorporate all those things into it and i think what we see in the past is forcing people into that our dynamic and our belief system you know, the flat earth, or the round earth, we, 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 and I, I, I understand there's science, and we, we progressed, and we see these things, but there's a mixture of how we use them, and how we perceive them, especially when you're from different cultures, and especially if what I think is true, is there's a multiplicity of realities, that you're not just in that one place, and the really older religions, uh, uh, in India, Tibet, um, a lot of tribal religions, I mean older by thousands of years, you go into Africa into these incredibly ancient tribes with huge civilizations, Egypt was one of them, incredibly sophisticated, um, and, and those are, you know, this is what I'm saying, we have these substantial realities, not only historically back then, but right now, 
And I think when you get these nations struggling to try and make you say, well, you know, it's like there's com communism versus um, the free world, or there's no, there's no real set solid nature of communism any more than there is capitalism. It's a very general term, and, and you know, Marx's ideas, Marx and Engel, and then Hegel, who versed Marx, and Marx is right, Marx is wrong, and Engel and Marx, when they came up with these things, those are ideal, ideal social ideas that were never practiced fully. And they were taken into dictatorships and taken into war, and so they were... It's like that. It's like we generalize and then we expect everything to fit. And I think it's dangerous to generalize, especially in today's world where we have so many different views. And especially what I believe to be the new paradigm in thinking is the quantum dynamic where you have all these realities taking place and, and trying to fit that into the... Uh, you know, trying to fit that into this world where there's more and more of us where we're breaching borders and walls and realizing that if you live over there in China, you may, you may see that as, as your place, is the place you're comfortable with. And you have all the propaganda saying, well, this is how the Chinese feel. And the Chinese have, this is how the Americans feel. They have their propaganda. And depending where you're at, you can make it look really good. I like that old Eastern concept of um, dream within a dream, within a dream, within a dream. This manifold consciousness. You keep waking up and... You're waking up into another dream, into another dream, into another universe, into another possibility, uh, manifold consciousness. And of course, there's orders of religions that say we need to stop that and just let it all be one thing. And I'm not even sure that's possible. Um, maybe, maybe not. Again, I think we're, we're moving towards a future where we're going to have to embrace all these varieties of ideas and, and strategies for success that may not fit your particular way of succeeding or doing things. And I'm talking about religion, I'm talking about government. Um, maybe that works for you and maybe that's where you belong, but it, it may not even work at all for someone else and for another group of people. And, and these are all coming together and, and, and crashing up against each other and um, and to demand that all of it becomes one way of doing things, I think, I just don't see that present in the whole dynamic of the natural world that we're, we're living in. I see this immense, um, this immense variety of, um, way of ways of doing things that just continues like in the fractal Mandelbrot, just keeps branching out and rooting out to this almost infinity of possibilities. And maybe that, that is, this concept of God is the, the infinity of possibilities, ever stretching out and, and experiencing so much. And maybe there isn't an end to it. We, we, you know, like powers of ten, it just keeps going and going and going, larger and larger or smaller and smaller. Maybe that is actually what it's, it is. It's just this... Uh, unlimited possibility of, of choices and of outcomes. Universe within a universe within a universe. Where does that lead? I don't know. I don't think we have the mind as human beings, as homo sapiens, to grasp that. And you might say, well, a spider or, or a fly could never think of that. How do you know? 
How do you know what it's like to have spider consciousness or fly consciousness? That's a whole different dynamic of experiencing life. And in my mind, they're entitled as much to it as we are, and maybe share this variety of consciousness, this variety of experience. And is it possible to to cross the thresholds of different species and experience what each form of life is experiencing? And wouldn't that be a concept if there was a God that He would know, have a, an affinity, have a um, have the empathy for his creations that each is experiencing something in a different way and that at some point you reach you might reach where you know all this I, I don't know if that's even possible anyway um, the quantum paradigm manifold consciousness is it possible to grasp that and, and, and stop centering around human? in the way humans see world, which may be very pathological, actually, especially in matter, modern times, which may be a very catastrophic ending, in fact. Or is it possible to look at other varieties of life and, and incorporate that into surviving and being healthy? And we may have this very rare planet that we live on. One thing's for sure, each of those nine planets out there have vastly different approach. They're strangely different from each other. And in some ways, not even not even like, even. And then you get to the moons, and those are vastly different. And then you realize there's this very small place that we can survive, that we can grow. Is the Earth itself a, an original threshold? Is it a place to start? I don't know. Are there other Earths? I don't know. Could be. Or is this, a, is this a beautiful experiment that's taking place that's different than anywhere else? And that each moment, each way of life we experience is, is exceptionally crucial. Each experience, endless amounts, is very crucial in this, in, in this dynamic called life. Um, so, okay, that's just thoughts and ideas. And, um, yeah... A multiplicity of consciousness and being. All right, let's go on into the rest of our day or night. Bye. This is In Between Stations Radio.